Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. So, thankfully, on this interview, I was interviewing a fellow podcaster, my um, now friend, Mr. Kevin Koskella of Freedom Loving, of the Freedom Loving podcast, which I highly recommend people to check it out. I haven't really dove, dove deep as much as I would like, but um, uh, Kevin is a perpetual traveler, and we talk quite a bit about that on the podcast. Um, so definitely, definitely check out his podcast and website. Anyways, Kevin, thank you so much for recording on your end. For some reason, my Zoom actually erased three podcasts. Luckily, one I'd already released that I like. Just uh, I just have the backup data on here, and then another one was with uh, the the next podcast that's coming out. So, but thankfully, that guest is willing to record another podcast. So anyways, guys, I really appreciate your support. Um, hope you guys are sharing the sampler.com with all your friends and family and, you know, just trying to, you know, spread, spread the love of the sample hour. Um, anyways, sorry, I haven't been putting out these podcasts as frequently as I would like. I've been very busy, um, just kind of doing the whole urban farming and gardening and learning permaculture thing. But, um, Anyways, guys, I really appreciate your support. Um, please, uh, please feel free to contact me. Follow me on Twitter. Also, um, reach out and follow Kevin as well. And Kevin, thank you so much again for recording the podcast on your end so we can uh, make this happen. All right, guys, thank you so much and enjoy the show. And today we have another awesome guest. Uh, I've heard this guest before on Jake DeSilsa's podcast and I've, uh, uh, the Voluntary Life podcast. And he has his own podcast, which is really great. Everybody needs to check it out. It's called Freedom Lovin'. Um, he is from the San Diego area, but now he is actually a perpetual traveler. So he spends his whole life just traveling around and doing whatever he wants to do. Um, so we want to have him on to talk about that. Mr. Kevin Koskela, thank you so much for coming on. Hey Drew, thanks so much. It's great to be here. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, uh, we have a mutual friend. I got, I met at the Jackalope Freedom Festival, Mr. Kevin G. He's been a guest on the show before too. Oh, really? Um, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 We were talking and he was saying, he actually said something to me about like, yeah, Kevin Koskela does that. I, I hang out with him whenever he's in town and I'm in town. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I wanted to get you on. Um, but, uh, so one thing I wanted you to tell my listeners about is just kind of like, you know, how you came about becoming a perpetual traveler and what that lifestyle is all about. So if you don't mind just kind of getting started, like what came about it and what kind of motivated you to do it and where you got the ideas from and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's kind of been a long journey and I, I look at it more as a mindset these days than an, than an actual lifestyle. I mean, it can be both obviously, but, um, but what I mean by mindset is uh, it's called the PT mindset. And that, that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean perpetual travel, being a permanent tourist, so you could go to different countries and just be a tourist there and not not try to be a citizen or a resident or anything. And uh, it could mean uh, something like prior taxpayer <laughs> if you want to go that far. <laughs> uh, but but PT is kind of a it's kind of a lifestyle and kind of a mindset. And um, I think it started for me uh, back when I was reading the Rich Dad Poor Dad series of books. This is back like 2001 or 2002 or something. And uh, just kind of getting that the idea of uh, instead of being an employee or running a self-employed kind of business, uh, instead of doing that, building up a business that actually pays you while you're not there. And that whole concept really resonated with me because I'm pretty lazy and I actually don't like to work. So, uh, <laughs> so, so that 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 kind of was was actually for me. And also just the idea of freedom. That, that it would bring. I, I was working corporate jobs at that time. And I just thought, you know, after kind of being exposed to that information, I just could not look back on it. I mean, I was like, there's no way I'm going back to corporate life after knowing this stuff. So of course I proceeded to do 
the thing, the exact thing that would give me the least amount of freedom, which is to be self-employed. And that um, I thought I was doing the right thing, but I was doing, I was going against the the whole principle. So I, I started a business doing personal training, and then I quickly realized that um, if I'm not there, uh, there's no money coming in. So I was basically trading my time for dollars, and uh, that wasn't really working out so well. So I uh, got into the internet marketing world a little bit later and uh, started doing some things online and was making just a little bit of money uh, selling workouts for, for people that were doing uh, triathlons that were interested in improving their swim. So that was kind of my background. And so I, I was just doing that and it was, it was kind of cool. It was like just making a little bit of money here and there and, you know, a little side income. And uh, then I read the, uh, I'm sure everybody knows in your audience, the four hour work week. And uh, that got me thinking about the idea of travel and living in other places, maybe other countries, other cities, you know, this just kind of broadened my horizons in terms of like where, what I could do with my, with the amount of freedom that I could build with, with uh, doing a business online. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say Tim Ferriss's book. I mean, for our work week, so many people reference that book as just kind of like a life changing book. And uh, he's a super fascinating guy. That was all I really had to add yeah, to that. No, Sorry. Have, have, you listened, have you heard his podcast? <laughs> no. So many people have recommended that I listen to it. I need to. I need to get on it. It's like I have so much stuff that I'm trying to listen to, and oh, I'm like, yeah. man, I need to. I need to listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast. There's, there's so many po- good podcasts now that there's not enough time. But yeah, that's a that's a good show. You know, he's he tackles some really interesting topics and has some uh, pretty cool guests. So, but that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So you. So you listen to his book, you listen, you you, you read his book and then you're like, okay, I, I need to, then you start looking like, okay, I, this, this is going to become a realistic thing for me. Like I want to start living abroad and doing this internet business. Like what, like how did it, um, I guess like, cause you started selling the triathlon wor- workouts. And, um, did you like, did you start picking up any other internet businesses as well? Or, or what was it that was kind of like your biggest hurdle to just kind of take the dive and just start traveling. Like when, when did you just be like, okay, I really have to do this now? Yeah. So I, I reading the book just got me really inspired to travel. And I was kind of, I was still, even though I've done some traveling like over in Europe and, and a few other places, I, I was kind of like intimidated by not knowing the language of where I was going. So I thought, well, the best thing to do would be to go to Australia because it's different enough but I can still use English there. So, um, so that was the first thing I did is I, I just went to Australia and for about two and a half months. And, um, the, <laughs> the funny thing was I, I thought that I was going to be saving money. Cause that's the whole idea in the four hour work week is you go somewhere that's cheap and then you save money and you, you rent out your place or you just ditch your place back, back home. And so some of that worked out pretty well, but then, uh, the cost of living, uh, down under is a little, higher than what we're used to here in the States. So, uh, so that, that was a little bit of a, a misjudgment there. So I ended up spending more money down there than I did, uh, would have here, but yeah. Um, so that was, that was the first thing. And it just kind of gave me that idea. Like I can do this. I ran my business for, for two and a half months down there. No problem at all. In fact, Australia is on the opposite time zone pretty much. Like it was, I think around 10 AM there is like 5 PM here or something like that. So I would work for about two or three hours in the morning and then the rest of the day I would just explore. And so, awesome. and, and it actually worked out really well. I mean, my business was fine. Like I was able to make enough money and not, you know, things didn't crumble apart. And I mean, luckily I have a partner that does a lot of work too, but, but it was, it was great. And I actually forced me to, to do all the important things before about 10 or 11 in the morning. So so I actually really enjoyed that. I thought that was great. And I thought I got way more done work-wise than I ever thought I would. So it wasn't like one big vacation, but at the same time, I got to see a whole lot of really cool stuff and go to some really neat locations. And um, yeah, I was just able to explore. So uh, I don't, is that? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That, that makes perfect sense. So, I mean, so what, so you, you first went to Australia and then um, you kind of figure out this is more expensive. So um, what, like, so I guess we could kind of take a step back. So what steps initially did you take to, um, to kind of remove, because you still, now do you still have a home in San Diego or do you have a, or do you just kind of have a place that you stay and then you actually have like a, a like one of those mail services that will read all your mail for you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, no, those are great. I, no, I, I don't have an actual 
home in San Diego, but I kind of consider it my home base. So it's yeah. kind of a different, it's, it's like I spend most of my time or the majority of my time in San Diego, uh, just by choice. I love it and got friends here and all that, but, um, but I don't have a, a place that I go back to every time. So usually what I'll do is I'll either, I'll either rent a, an apartment on a temporary basis or even sign a lease and, and just, uh, you know, if I'm going to travel while I'm on that lease, I usually rent out the place while I'm gone. So do you use uh, Airbnb or how do you usually rent it out? Yeah, I, I have, I've been a big Airbnb person for a while, uh, for the last three years. And it, it, it's really great because you can make a lot of money renting out your place, a lot more than what you're paying. Um, people will pay you quite a bit, uh, as I found out. Uh, but <laughs> what's happened in the last, uh, this place that I'm in now the HOA here, the Homeowners Association, decided to crack down, and they do not like people airbnb their places out. So they, they sent out a bunch of threatening emails and, and sent out a letter to everyone. And so I had to stop that with Airbnb. But I've used, uh, I have another source. I'm in this group called the Dynamite Circle, and it's about a thousand entrepreneurs kind of all over the, spread out around the world. And and I've had a couple of people from there stay at my place and uh, that works out well because I already have, you know, I kind of know them and I feel comfortable. And, and so, so yeah, so that's, um, that's kind of what, how I'm doing things now. I went from wanting to go places for a month or two or three months to now I'm kind of more into the idea of going for like three, four weeks, you know, at the most, and then coming back to San Diego. Got you. That makes sense. So but how many, so uh, what was I going to say here? So, um, man, I just have so many questions for you, Kevin, because your life, <laughs> your life awesome. sounds so fun. I'm just trying to think of what, so, um, I guess how, so when you do go and travel, like, uh, what, what hurdles, so you said you were kind of worried about the language. You went to Australia first. So how long did it take you to get over like that, that fear of learning the language? Like what? um, of not knowing the language, like what, what steps did you kind of take to, to overcome that? If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of, uh, us based travel for a while. And then I decided to go to Indonesia. Uh, I bought a one-way ticket and back in uh, 2012 and went to Indonesia and, uh, it's, it's a pretty touristy place. I mean, I went to Bali where it's like, there's a lot of tourists there. So it's pretty easy to get by with English as it turned out. And, so from there, I, I went through Southeast Asia, I saw a bunch of different countries. And the great thing is the default second language everywhere is English. So it's like, you don't have to learn anything. I mean, I just try to try to figure out how to say hello and thank you in every place that I go and, and that's it. And like, it's way easier than I ever imagined. I mean, sometimes you get stuck in situations where it's really hard to communicate what you're trying to say. Like I was in Vietnam and I remember uh, I had I, I checked into this hotel room and it smelled like um, insecticide in the room. It was like really yeah. heavy chemical smell. And it was like, I immediately was starting to get a headache. So I went down to tell them about it and you know, they, they're hotel owners. So they speak a little bit of English, but they had no idea what I was trying to say. I'm like, it smelled like the smell and I'm pointing to my nose. I'm like, it's like, uh, spray and I'm doing a little thing with my finger <laughs> and I'm doing like running along the, you know, like bugs and they're just totally, totally confused. And then, so I just requested a new room instead of trying to, trying to deal with it. But you know, stuff like that, I, it's just kind of funny and I don't, there's no issue at all with not knowing the language. I think it would be cool to learn a language and then go somewhere and then be able to really fit in and, um, actually make friends. Cause I, I think that's the way you really can connect with people is in their language. Um, but I, I think that a lot of people hold themselves back, like what I was doing before. And they think, oh, I don't know, you know, German, I can't go to Germany, you know, or something like that. And then you get there and it's like, people are just coming up to you speaking English and, you know, and, and even if you try a little bit in their language, it's like, it's so look, people look upon that as like, you know, you're just an awesome person for doing that. <laughs> I heard I, somebody told me before that people get offended if you try to speak at like certain countries, but everywhere I've gone, like, I, I mean, the only place where nobody spoke English I've been to was Morocco, but my friend was Moroccan. So he was kind of like my guide and I just yeah. stayed with him in his parents' house. Um, but like everywhere I've gone, even when I went to, um, I've been to Spain and when I was there, 
I knew a little bit of Spanish, but it was something I relied heavy upon just because like I have a sales background and just like studying communication, like 65% of our communication comes through body language. So I think, so I think like, you know, you can get a, the point across most of the time. And I remember I had this like beautiful interaction with this guy before who was like my, he was like this bartender and server at our hotel. He was like the nicest dude. And he just wanted us to have a good time. And we didn't speak enough Spanish uh, for him to really understand us. And he didn't really speak any English, but we still had a really good kind of bond. And he really like really took care of us and really liked the fact that we wanted to like try um, something that was like native to the culture. And I think usually if you want to embrace the culture, people are naturally going to be open, have open arms to you and really want to show you a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I think a little goes a long way. I mean, even people rip on France and say how everybody's like really snooty there. And but I, I when I was there, I was just doing the you know bonjour, and and it seemed like that was enough. Like I didn't get a lot of bad treatment there. It was kind of like they would kind of smile, and they knew you know like the that I I don't have the accent, but it's it's kind of fun. You know, I don't I don't I I really don't think there's a lot of places in the world that would be upset if you tried to speak their language. <laughs> So so what uh so what have been your favorite places that you've traveled to? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I get that quite a bit and uh it's it's tough because it depends on what you mean. Like the most beautiful place I've ever been is Raleigh Beach in uh Thailand. And yes. I, I can't even explain it. You just kind of have to be there. It's just a, a really amazing place. There's like cliffs and the the sunsets are the, the sunsets last for like an hour and it's like the, the water turn seems to turn pink and the, the sky lights up. I mean, it's just, it's really just an un, unreal place. And I was only there for like two or three days, but I got to do some rock climbing there and um, just had a, a, just had an absolute blast. And I showed up, you know, this is a, again, one of those trips where I was just totally by myself and I just showed up on this little tiny Island. Actually, it's kind of like, it's kind of like an Island and uh it, it was it was just like you know setting up and 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 just figuring it out and it's um but but yeah that's probably as far as natural beauty goes that was probably my favorite place um i, I had such a great experience in bali the people are so warm and friendly there i mean in general and they're so welcoming of tourists in general and uh it's it's just an amazing place and uh then i i was really surprised about cambodia i thought that was same kind of thing. Like uh, it, it, Cambodia is a, a place with a horrible history of uh, of um, you know the the killing fields and all that. And now they're they've kind of opened up the free market to some degree, and it's it's just like they're really embracing it there, and they're they love tourists, and they just want to do everything they can to make you happy, and it's it's really <laughs> great, and it's super cheap, so you can live like a king on like a few dollars a day, so. Is Thailand really inexpensive as well? Like if somebody want to go to Thailand, I heard that it's pretty inexpensive or is it more expensive now? It, it is. It's still, it's still inexpensive, but uh, it's, it's, it's going up. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of the tourist trails, so it's definitely getting more, you know, and then you go to Cambodia and you realize how it's like, it can be, it can be even cheaper, but, but it's, uh, yeah, Thailand, I think it's totally doable. I, I don't think there's any reason to to not go i mean it's it's, it's just uh you can you can get by and the, the cool thing about a place like thailand is the transportation is just so easy like if you're in one place and you decide like that night that tomorrow morning you want to be in, in another town you just go talk to a tourist uh, a travel agent and they'll book everything for you and you just show up the next morning get your bus and you're good to go and it's all it's just they're so used to it there, so it's like everything is it's very well planned out, and um, and of course nothing ever works right because it's Thailand, because it's not the U.S. And that's one <laughs> thing you'll find is that things don't work the way they're supposed to ever in a lot of countries. But you just kind of get to get used to that, and then uh, and then you go with the plan, and it usually seems to work out. That's funny. So do you, now something you said when you booked, you said usually go to do you usually go to a travel agent, or is there certain countries that you'll you book yourself, or do you? Uh, typically book with a travel agent yeah well i mean thailand specifically there's travel agents there's like several on every block so you you just <laughs> it's just so easy and they speak english so you just walk in and and just tell them what you want to do and then mostly the prices are about the same so you usually don't, won't get ripped off so oh, so that's when you actually get into thailand then yeah. you okay that oh, makes I sense i see what you're saying i see what you're yeah. saying yeah no i i prefer to just kind of wing it actually 
I don't really, I don't really like having a plan because then you're stuck with the plan. And that's the, the tough thing about doing these trips where there's a time limit. <laughs> and I've been doing this lately, so it's, a, it's an adjustment. But then you have to kind of be on a, a, a sort of a plan because you're going to leave. But where, when I went to Southeast Asia, I just had a one-way ticket. So I had just had all the time in the world. And that was amazing. And then I eventually got a ticket back. But that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I prefer, I mean, I think everyone's different in this, in this regard. I have friends that tell me that they have to have a plan. They have to have everything kind of scheduled out. And I'm 180 degrees opposite. I, I can't, I hate having a plan. I just want to show up and go, <laughs> okay, what are we doing? You know, and like just that, that morning I make a decision or maybe the day before make a decision on, on where to go and what to do. And I find that that adds, uh, a lot to the travel. It, it actually makes it more fun for me. So, uh, some people get all stressed out and I get like excited. So <laughs> no, that's pretty awesome. I, I think, uh, I think it probably is dependent on personality type, right? So yeah. some people would rather just go with a, go with a wind and other people would rather, no, I have to do this at this time, this at that time. Um, now you said something about traveling by yourself and, I, and do you, do you typically, try to travel with somebody else or meet up with another perpetual traveler that you might be friends with through the internet and like, Hey, let's meet up here and go hang out and do stuff. Or how do you usually, I know you go off the cuff a lot from what, the, from the sound of it with your traveling, but, um, how often do you try to meet other people up or travel with other people? Yeah, I do all the above and it, it just kind of depends on what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it. And, I, I really do love solo travel. I think it's amazing. It just there, it's just so different than traveling with others. And uh, and I also love traveling with others. I mean, it just it just depends on the trip. But um, yeah, I I, I think uh, I, I do both. I I have I definitely have a network of people that I can meet up with in many cities around the world. So I try to do that. Um, I try to see who I know that's out there doing something and. Um, hopefully connect with them when I'm when I'm in the area, and so uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think it, it both works. I think in the last six months, uh, I, I've been on trips with uh, a couple of buddies to Colombia, and then I went to Panama by myself, and then just recently I went to Mexico with my girlfriend. So those are kind of three really different types of trips. <laughs> that's um no, that's that's cool um. Uh, now have you had people from before that you became a perpetual traveler? Well, a couple of questions here. So first question is how did like your, your friends and loved ones kind of respond when you're like, I want to go just travel all the time and work, work on the internet. Like, did you get a lot of resistance from your loved ones and friends and family? No, I, what I got was a lot of, uh, having no clue about what, like, like nobody, most people do not have a clue how that is even possible. Like, how do yeah. you do this? Like people will say like, well, you know, are, you're going on vacation. You know, it's like, no, not, not vacation. It's actually just traveling. And so, yeah, I think it's more of like a, a kind of cluelessness rather than being against it. I think at the time when I, when I first started going out, I think uh, my mom was just terrified of every, I mean, she, she was just like that, like just terrified of everything. But but and, and would try to discourage me of going. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I had some people kind of give me some warnings, like, "Oh, you should stay out of Bali because they had a bombing like tw- 15 years ago or something." And <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take my I'll take my chances. But but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think most people were really supportive, and I've tried to blog as I go in a lot of places, and you know, I get a lot of comments, not not necessarily on the blog, but just people saying, "Oh, I read your blog," and you know, this and that. So I, I think mo- for, for the most part, most people are supportive, but just don't really quite understand it. No, that makes sense. And then, um, what was, what was my next question? Oh yeah. How many people like, have like, have you had anybody that were just kind of inspired that maybe were, were kind of like maybe questioned you doing it. And then it came around and was like, Hey, you know, do you think I could go on a trip with you sometime? Like that sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, like yeah I mean, yeah, that's what my buddy that I went to Columbia with, he, he's like, just, I got to do whatever you do. Like, he's like, that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's totally got the, the bug now. And I just talked to him yesterday and he's headed to, he's headed to Europe now. So for like three weeks. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it really is a great, it's a, it's a great thing to have just kind of be able to do that. Not, not that you necessarily 
need to, because I have a, a friend here in San Diego who is a, a PT, you know, he's a perpetual traveler and he even had the, the website for a while, the perpetualtraveler.com. And he doesn't really travel that much. I mean, he, he does some stuff in the US and, uh, but he's got a family here and he stays, he stays local, but he has the ability to do that. And I think that's the key is just having the ability to go and say, okay, if I want to go on a, you know, like a one month trip in two weeks, I can totally do that. Yeah. How long did it take you to, to get your business going? So you, you were like in the, in the business owner, uh, section of the cash flow quadrant. Um, cause you said you were self-employed and then you started a business. Like how long did it take you to, and in what process did it take you to get to a point to where you're like, okay, I only need to live off of this month. And I guess like, I guess my biggest question is kind of the budget. Cause I think a lot of times people think, traveling is is just really expensive and i think it right. can be expensive so how did you, how did you overcome that hurdle personally like getting your budget to the point to where you you could position yourself to be able to just be on the go all the time yeah well um i listened to a little bit of your podcast with J our, our mutual friend uh, jake desillis and he was talking a lot about minimalism and that's one of the things that i embraced uh years ago and it, it came from i got divorced in uh 2008 and i just kind of like started thinking about everything and like what I really wanted in life. And it definitely wasn't stuff. Like as soon as I started getting rid of some stuff, I felt more free and I felt better. And so that was kind of my first step. And I, the first, one of the things I did, like when I went to the Southeast Asia, I put all the stuff that I owned into a storage unit, a pretty small storage unit. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like everything fits here. I can go and travel and then come back and pick it up later. And I didn't miss anything. Like I never thought like, oh, I wish I had my stuff. Like I want to read some <laughs> of my old books or something. I just never, you know, it's like this doesn't, it doesn't happen. So, uh, so that, that's, I think that was a huge thing. And then, and then once you do that, then it's, uh, the, the next step is you can find places to travel. Like in, in the four hour work week, he talks about this that are quite a bit cheaper than living in the US in most places. And so my thing was, okay, so if I'm not paying rent in San Diego and I'm off traveling, you know, I can most likely save money where I'm going unless I'm going to some of the more expensive cities. But if I'm in Southeast Asia, you know, I was getting rooms for like 15, 20 bucks a night. And that's a lot less than I pay for rent in San Diego. So I was actually saving money while I was traveling. And once you kind of get that, it's like you do the, the minimalism and then you travel in these places that are that are cheaper. It's actually cheaper to be on the road and, and going around to different places than it is to, to sit in your in your town. So that's uh, you know, that's that's just one of the things. But um, some people and like their stuff and, and it is tough to do. But I, I ended up just to kind of further that point uh, with, the, with the whole storage unit thing. The next time around that I traveled, I ended up getting rid of the storage units and getting rid of my car and basically it was down to like fitting all my stuff into a, a, a couple of boxes and a, and a backpack and, and that was it. So. so did you sell most of your stuff or did you just give it away? No, nah, I just gave it away. I, I, you know, selling just takes too much time. I, I don't have the patience for that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I gave away a lot of stuff and, and I, I have no, no regrets. And, uh, you know, it's funny, some of the things that you find that you cannot sell. I mean, I did try to sell a few things, but, um, Mattresses do not sell. I don't care how great a mattress that it was, it, it will it used it, it is worth zero. So I I tried to hold out and try to get like you know I spent a thousand dollars on this mattress and I'm gonna try to get you know at least a hundred and then you know you end up just giving it away. So <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I just recently found this new app. It was uh like it it, it I think it was it was uh, um, recommended to me. By Facebook because of uh, like my my liking of tiny houses. It's called Yurtle, and you can just kind of give your stuff away, and people just pay for the shipping, and you just send it to them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's I, I I don't know when it came out, but it just it just made me think of that. That's the whole idea. I think people still try to sell their stuff on there too, but I think it's just kind of new and taken off. Um, but um, and then uh, for your business, like like I think for me personally, like I've been. I think that's something that I would I would love to do is be able to create some income online. Yeah. But I think it, it's just been like for me figuring out what exactly I could I could what service could I provide. So uh, how how long did it take you to make that transition? I, I guess for me personally, that's a, that's a big hurdle 
is trying to figure out how to mono- monetize my presence on the internet or just being on the internet or making money via the internet. Yeah, I, I think I was thinking about this today. And the good thing about internet business is that it is constantly changing. So what everything that I learned five years ago, most of it doesn't apply now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm having to learn all like right now, I'm just I'm revamping my whole system, my whole sales funnel, because it's everything's changed and I've got to keep up. So, so I think the good thing is you can start at any time and you're, you're not like way behind, you know, you may have to learn a little bit more because you're, you're brand new, but you, you have the opportunity that everyone else has. So yeah, it took me, I mean, I was just kind of fiddling around with it for a while. And then once I made my first dollar online, I got really excited. And, and then from there, probably, it was probably about two years before I was like, okay, I'm making enough income that I can kind of drop all the other things that I'm doing and focus on the internet business. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, um, um, so I'm sorry, did you say, how long did that take? Do you, do you think for you to, to be able to drop everything else and just focus on that? Like, was that initially your plan? Like I'm going to, you read the four hour work week. You're like, I'm going to create an internet business and I'm going to try to travel. And then it was that kind of your plan initially? No, actually it wasn't. I, I, I started this whole thing like in 2003. So I didn't, the four hour work week wasn't out. I just oh, my, my apologies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just wanted the freedom. Like that's, that just appealed to me so much. And I just, at that time I was doing these part-time jobs and trying to just make ends meet, but I, I really just wanted freedom. And the idea of sitting in an office or a cubicle and collecting a paycheck had no interest whatsoever. Like I, I didn't care if I was just like starving on the street. I just didn't want to go back to that, <laughs> that world. And so, yeah, the, just, just the idea, even if I could just barely get by with an internet business, that was so much more exciting for me. So yeah, it was about, it was about two years of, of kind of just struggling. And I, that was back then I was married. So I was lucky to have someone else that was making, making enough money to, uh, you know, support us. But, but yeah, probably, uh, probably two years. I, I know that there are a lot of people that do it a lot faster. So I think one, I'm one of those examples of kind of the, um, the, the get rich slowly, <laughs> not, you know, not that I'm <laughs> getting rich yet, but, but it's definitely been a slow process for sure. Well, but it's sustainable. It sounds like it's a lot more sustainable. And at the same time, it's, it's, um, you know, you might not be financially rich, but your lifestyle is rich. Like yeah. so many people that I, I, I mean, I don't think you could put a price tag on that lifestyle. I don't, I think a lot more of it has to do with, um, who you've had to become as a person to be able to, to be able to live like that. And, um, so what other books have you read? I know you said rich dad, poor dad, and, um, for our work week, was, was there any book that you read that, that, um, any other books that you found inspiring? Yeah, more, a lot of the personal development stuff. So, uh, I'll start with the psychology, the Nathaniel Brandon books are just really amazing. It really changed my life for the better. Uh, six pillars of self-esteem and the art of self-discovery are, are two of the books that I uh, got a lot out of because I actually did the written exercises and you know, it, it basically helps you raise your self-esteem and it opens up all sorts of possibilities in your life. Is that's what happened with me? Um, and then the uh, the other one that was kind of uh, mind blowing was the Marshall Rosenberg book called Nonviolent Communication. And yeah. That uh, I read that right around 2010, and it just really changed how I looked at you know everything. And um, so that I think those two uh, those two authors are amazing and. I, I think there's, there just isn't enough said about this stuff. I mean, it's like our whole lives are about communicating with others and dealing with other people. And these are the types of things that, that really, really help uh, in those realms. So, um, and, and, you know, there's a ton of business books out there as well, but those are, uh, those are the two that come to mind anyway. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I've had uh, Daryl Becker on a couple of times talking about nonviolent communication. It's, oh, it's yeah. definitely, definitely interesting stuff and it definitely, um, it, it makes you, think about the way you interact with people. It makes you a lot more conscious of it for me, at least. Like exactly. Just, yeah. And it, it, it makes me more sensitive. That and uh, cannabis use has really helped me be more sensitive <laughs> to others too. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, any other question, I mean, another question I had, I know for me personally, and I don't always ask people, so sorry for putting you on blast, but I mean, for me personally, like my experiences, I haven't used a lot of psychedelics, but yeah. my experience with psychedelics really kind of helped me press reset and help me, um, helped, helped me start to pursue life more purposefully. Uh, did you, have you had any similar experiences? 
Uh, no, I, I haven't, but I have a uh, soft spot for psychedelics. I think, I, you know, I, I listen to um, uh, Sam Harris a little bit and, and some of his experiences, and I think it's it's pretty amazing on as far as what he went through and, and how he, he used to uh, use psychedelics pretty heavily, I guess, and and then he kind of achieved this level that he wanted to get to, and then he's like, I don't really need them anymore. And I think that was that's kind, yeah. of, that's kind of an interesting thing because – uh, so many people are either like, it's, you know, it's, it's either it's good or it's bad, you know, and it's like, well, no, there's like a use for, there's a, there's an actual use for them and people can do them for a while and then feel like, okay, that's, that's all I really needed. So uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally open to that stuff and, you know, I've experimented, but I, I'm not like a, a regular, you know, user or anything like that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally fascinated with the subject and, and I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, well, I know Tim Ferriss. He said um, uh, the first time I heard him on the first time I was exposed to him was through uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, like a few years ago. Yep. And he said he presses reset once a year with by yeah. to eat some mushrooms. And I think it's I think it's interesting. I know for me personally, I haven't had any desire because something for me that I just learned was, you know, love myself. And the other one was just get outside more. And it didn't really make sense to me. And now I like, I'm going to start, uh, I'm kind of getting into urban farming and I'm starting to, like, I took over this public lot and I've been trying to get like a market garden going. And, um, yeah. And it's just kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing. I feel like I, I haven't done what I told myself I needed to be doing yet. I haven't fully done it yet. And I, I mean, perpetual travel is definitely something, um, that I'm interested in as well. I have quite a couple friends. Uh, one of my friends, um, Andrew, he's getting ready to, he heavily uses Airbnb as well. Like he, he puts his house up and I think he's going to keep his house and do Airbnb, um, most of the time. And, uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's something that, you know, something that you had said earlier, which really, really stuck out is like so many people can't even comprehend that it's a possibility. And I think that's what makes perpetual travel so exciting. Um, I was going to ask you another question, Kevin, but my mind just started thinking about traveling. No, no, (laughs) I'm I'm actually curious what, uh, what your ideas are. Like how how do you, uh, what, what's stopping you right now in terms of doing what you want to do and and what, what kind of ideas do you have? That's a really good question, man. I, I think it's something that I realized, um, so for me, like I took this job I have now to, to really kind of save up some capital, um, so I could have some money to, to go do stuff. And I, I like, I wanted to start some businesses, I think mainly just to like, cause I was interested in like entrepreneurship and I hadn't really, my only big experience with entrepreneurship, um, where it was like individually where I really failed miserably was, uh, I did network marketing for a good two years and really tried hard to do it. Like I was working and bugged all my friends and everything like that. And I just realized, you know, this isn't really for me. And then I think like it was, I went through this phase where I didn't have any light at the end of the tunnel. So I kind of got really depressed and I got really heavy into alcohol. And then, um, luckily I kind of was in this position where I was out of a job and then I just cashed out my 401k, um, and just decided, you know, I just wanted to work on myself. And then this position came across me and I wanted to save money, pay off the debt that I had incurred because I I don't think I was, I was completely in a, in a state of mind that was ready. But I think that's something that's really tough for me to to figure out. Like, I know I I don't want to have, like, I want to be able to walk away from my job here within the next year or so. But I think at one point, like I want to have enough money in savings. I don't want to take any loans out from banks to start a business. And I think like one thing that I really want to focus on is an internet business. But my biggest hurdle right now has been what is this business going to be? So I like, and I, and I, and I'd like to kind of like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and all, all these other people say have multiple streams of income. Like I really want to be like, uh, it would really be nice to have like a full time, you know, market garden. Um, and I already, and that's kind of like a lot of stuff is just in the process, but I think it's, it's, you know, cause I'd like to, um, there's this guy in Montreal, um, his name is Jean-Martin Forti. 
and he just wrote he wrote this book, the the Market Gardener, and he's got like three acres, and I think him and his wife make about like they do about one hundred twenty thousand a year just from their like three acres, and I think they only grow like on two and a half of them. And, and then they travel like three months out of the year. And so I think I'd like to do, I think for me, I think it's what, what my biggest thing has been really thinking, figuring out what lifestyle do I want? And I think because when I have a clear vision of it, it's going to be a lot easier for me to head towards it. Um, and so right now I'm just kind of heading in a direction, but I'm not like, I know where I, I, I know that I want to have my freedom and I know that I, I don't want to be working. But it's just like heading into that direction and, and figuring out all the other pieces that are going to fall in place. And I think that's that's kind of been my thing. And I, and I, and I don't I, I think it's, it's kind of weird, though, because I still feel like I probably do have some some psychological hurdles that I'm that I'm trying to deal with. And and um, or like I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll put up or I'll, I'll create distractions for myself unintentionally that might not even be good for me. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's been an interesting journey for me personally, but I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, so that's, you, that's a really good question, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great answer. Uh, you're breaking up just a little bit. Like it's, it's okay. kind of, it sounds a little bit staticky or something. Yeah. Um, but well, okay. Well, that's good. We got a new connection. But yeah. as we were saying, so, uh, so yeah, I wanted to I, I wanted to interject about what you were talking about, and uh, there, there's you know just to give you an example of something I recently just came across. So there's a guy that does. Do uh, you know what the didgeridoo is? Yeah, yeah, it's that cool Australian instrument. Yeah, yeah. So so there's there's a website out there. I think it's didgeridoo mojo or something, and or dojo. I can't remember, but he teaches people how to play it, like. So that's his whole website is teaching people how to play the didgeridoo. And I was reading about him and he's got, supposedly he's got 10,000 members on his site. And I looked at the site and the lowest level membership is $15 a month. So at the very least, if that's true, he's making $150,000 a month on teaching people how to play the didgeridoo. And this is all done with videos and stuff he's already recorded and, 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 and uh, PDFs and things like that. So, Imagine the possibilities. I mean, how many people in the world do you think play or want to play the didgeridoo? It cannot be that many people. Yeah. <laughs> but but then again, the people that do are probably really into it, so they're going to pay easily fifteen bucks a month. So um, you know, something like the the gardening stuff you're talking about, I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure that there's a pretty big market out there. And if there's somebody, there's even one person having success with it, uh, there's probably room for more. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that's, I mean, for me, I, I feel like that's kind of what um, I'm being moved to do is to, to really focus on that. And I, I started studying permaculture, which is like permanent agriculture. And it's, it's just some different things, man. It, it, it's uh, for me, it's something that's really moving. Like I do want to travel, but I like I enjoy traveling. I don't think it's something I'd want to do all the time, but I definitely think three weeks out of the year or even three months out of the year would be really fun to, to be a nomad and travel. But I, I think, um, I, you know, I think staying home and, you know, growing my own food or raising animals, I feel like it's really important for me personally to, to cultivate this relationship with my food. Right. And so it, it's something that I really want to, to start focusing on and, and do full time. Cause there's a lot of people who are creating pretty good businesses out of it. Cause people really do want to eat better. Like people know that there's crap in our food and that the vegetables taste like crap, even when they're organic. Um, versus when you grow them in your garden. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's definitely something that, that I've really been, been focused on. But I, I think, you know, I, I, I think for people who like, I, I know like I, my friend Greg, like I, uh, I'm, I told him to start listening to your podcast. Like he's, he's, a, he's an older guy. He's ready to retire. And it's like, man, just travel, like just travel, Greg. That's what you want to do. Like, you know, it doesn't cost much. Like I, I heard somebody say on Jake's podcast, it might have been you, that a lot of places, like if you travel a lot of places within Central and South America or even Asia, all you need is really a thousand bucks a month to live. And, yeah. and that's so much lower than, than even where I live in Ohio in the Midwest, where it's really not that expensive to live. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good comparison because you live in, in one of the cheaper probably areas in the U.S. and it's still it's still going to be pretty, you know, you're sa you'd save money by going over to, to Southeast Asia or even somewhere in Central America. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think for me, um, I mean, definitely 
minimalism is something I'm trying to embrace, like really get my expenses down and really get down the, the things. And, and I think really focusing on myself, like I, I think for me personally, I distract myself by thinking I needed to, to help other people that were either in my family or just, you know, just wanting to be like a good guy or just this idea of what I thought a good guy was. But, you know, like uh, I read, um, Thomas Stanley's book, the millionaire next door and something that they always studied with the affluent was that their, their favorite charity was themselves. Yeah. And it made me think about that is, you know, you really do, or even, uh, the richest man in Babylon, like pay yourself yeah. first. Yeah. That's so, a good book. yeah. So I think it's, um, it's, it's interesting, man. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's good to, to have you on and, and talk to you about this stuff. Not, not just, I think for, for listeners, but also just for me, because I mean, you're, you're, you are free in the sense that like, you don't, you don't answer the clock for anybody but yourself. And I think, you know, more, more and more people need to, to aspire for that. Like I know I do, and I know I'm on my path to get there. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, I, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know what else. Oh, another question I was going to ask is cause you do have an internet business, internet in other countries. Mm-hmm. How, how good or bad is it? Oh man. Yeah. That's a really good question. It, it's, it really varies. And, uh, I've had some really surprising times. Like, so I, when I went to Bali, I was really surprised because I knew some guys that were doing internet business type stuff down there. And, uh, I did not hear about this, but, uh, in Bali, when I went, the internet was terrible. I mean, it's, it was just almost not functional in everywhere. And, and you'll see like all the restaurants will say free Wi-Fi. But you go in there and it doesn't work or it's like super <laughs> slow and you just get frustrated and leave. So and even, you know, some of the hotels and, and guest houses that I stayed in, the Internet was not uh, was not good. So I did not get a lot of work done during that time. But, uh, you know, a lot of places like Thailand, it was fine. You know, uh, another surprising place that was really crappy was Mexico. I thought that they'd have it down because, you know, Mexico's got some... Uh, modern aspects to it, especially in Mexico City. But uh, I did not have a good experience with internet there. It was really, really spotty, really hit or miss. And um, yeah, that is a tough thing sometimes. I mean, it really, it, it always depends on where you are, but but internet is not a guarantee. Uh, usually it's there, but it's just a matter of, do you want to deal with like 1995 level uh, speed, you know, 56K modem speeds or, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, that can be, that can be a challenge for sure. But if you're traveling in, you know, more developed countries and it's obviously it's never a problem. Now, something else I was going to ask, you know, you, you said you have a business partner now, does your business partner ever travel with you or is your business partner just kind of want his own life, his or her own lifestyle and isn't necessarily interested in the traveling. No, I think he's really interested in traveling, but he's got uh, a wife and two kids and that kind of keeps him uh, fairly busy, you know, here in in Southern California. So, so he's, uh, I think he does want to, but it's sort of like, (laughs) but uh, you know, I think it's, it's just one of those things where it's, it's all priorities. So that's that right now he's got, he's got a priority of, of his kids. So that's, um, that's totally understandable. But, you know, again, I know people that travel with their kids and, and it's a whole different thing, but it just depends on what you want to do. Yeah. You know, that is interesting. I mean, I think when people do have kids, I mean, that's a completely different dynamic. You got to you can't you can't probably just be as just, yeah, I'm just going to just no plan. I'm just going to do this and have fun for sure. But yeah. definitely put a damper dampen on that situation. Um, so just cause we are wrapping up here on time. Um, and I do want to talk to you a little bit before you got to go, um, off the air. But, uh, so, so Kevin, if people want to, want to follow you and they want to, um, check out your blog and your podcast and, and follow your day to days, what, what's a good way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, if you just go to freedomloving.com, you can subscribe there or, um, probably best just to add me on Facebook. Really, that's <laughs> that's probably the best the best way to do it. And I don't mind random people uh, asking me to be friends on Facebook because usually, like in this kind of community, we have so many things in common that I, I love being friends with people. You know, virtual friends or whatever with people that I don't know because it's you know you never know what's going to happen. You may like people that that you become friends with on Facebook. You may be traveling in their area. They may be coming to your area, and there you go. You know, someone to hang out with. So. Absolutely. And then, so do you, so the blog is just freedomloving.com yep. 
And uh, and then Facebook is a good way. Do you have Twitter as well? Yeah, yeah. Freedom loving guy. Freedom loving guy, and yeah. that's uh, F R E E D O M. Then loving just without the G. Yeah, and then guy. <laughs> and guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, um, everybody, listen and subscribe to Kevin's podcast. It's a great podcast. Uh, definitely uh, friend request him and follow follow him on Twitter. Uh, follow what he does, and I'm sure if if you have questions about being a perpetual traveler, um, I'm sure you wouldn't mind if people reached out to you. Uh, I'll just put that out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fire, fire away your messages. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kevin. And uh, everybody else, thanks for listening. Thanks a lot, Drew. It's been a great time. Yeah. Thank you. Like this.